0: Good morning, good good afternoon, and good evening. You're wondering where we are coming to you from. It's International Jazz Day. So happy International Jazz Day. This is not Birdland; It looks a little like it, I know, but it is tea land. So today we've got something a little different. We're celebrating jazz with the iconic Sri Lankan crooner, Jerome Speldewind. But first of all, why jazz? You know, we have five senses, five basic senses, and each of them are interconnected. Now, any of you who have ever heard the sound of chips in a deep fat fryer or any of you who have heard the sound of somebody munching a really crisp salad or a great apple or uncorking bottle of fine champagne will know that sound connects a lot with taste or the anticipation of taste. And so today we're testing a few theories and there's a study This is science. This is a school of tea. So there is science from the Oxford University, no less, that says that sound is connected with the perception of taste, multi-sensory perception, to give you the proper word. And so how it works is that deeper notes, they enhance more intense flavors, bitterness. The lighter, softer audio notes, flutes, some strings on the violin, they enhance the perception of sweet and savory. Is it true? I think it is. Anyone who knows, if if you've eaten fish by the ocean and you've heard the sound of the ocean, doesn't it make the fish taste better? That's all to be tested. So to test it with me, I have one of Sri Lanka's most famous jazz musicians and I'm delighted to introduce Jerome Spell domain. Now he's coming on right now in a minute, but before that I have a question for you. It is International Jazz Day, so I have to ask you this question. Do you like jazz? There's a poll out there. Tell us what you think. So far it's all yes. Oh my goodness, there's like there's a couple of no, there's two no's. Okay, well let's hope that at the end of this session we're going to make you really enjoy jazz. Why? Because of the connection between tea and jazz and in the same way tea has an incredible connection with classical music. Tea has a fabulous connection with pop, maybe not with some types of rock, but everything is subjective, right? So with that, I want to welcome Jerome Spelduane. Jerome, welcome. Great to see you. So Jerome is chilling out by the beach all the way on the other side of Sri Lanka. Welcome, Jerome, to the virtual session of the School of Tea.
1: Thank you for having me, Dilan. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Good to see you. So we're going to be testing this theory now. Like I said, it's no less than Oxford University that has talked about the connection between the sound and at the audio, the, the pitch yes. and your perception of taste. So we've got a few Ts and we're going to start with a classic. We're going to play a few seconds and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the T and then it's over to Jerome to tell us what he thinks, because he is the pro in this session. So colleagues, Blue Moon. Yes to Billy. Is it beautiful? So um, I paired that with one of our tees from the low elevations. It's got intensity. It's called the yatta Watta yatta, lower elevation. And it's got the intensity because here you've got a lower pitch. You've got a beautiful, beautiful audio, but it's uh, not light and uh, uh, bright by any means. And you need to match the tone of the music with the tone of the tea. What do you think, Jerome? Did you, did you enjoy that track?
1: Hey, that was a good start with the uh, Billie Holiday and uh, Blue Moon. Billie Holiday kind of epitomizes the 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 female jazzing. Although I'm a, a bit of an Ella Fitzgerald fan, uh, I mean, Billie Holiday, Blue Moon. It's sort of like synonymous with jazz. It's like Louis Armstrong and whatever he you know he and his trumpet playing and stuff like that. It's a beautiful, beautiful. Tell us beautiful a little song. bit about the origins of jazz, Jerome. The origins of jazz, I'd say, came from New Orleans, huh? Eh? I, I, as you might, I said New Orleans. New, New Orleans. They if you go and say New Orleans, they get very upset over there. Apparently, <laughs> so New Orleans, I, and there's that French connection. There's a bit of a dispute as to who actually came up with the concept of jazz. Some people say a guy called Jelly Roll Morton, who was a stride piano player from New Orleans, and uh, W. C. Handy was another gentleman that that claims to have started jazz. He wrote things like uh, St. Louis Blues, I think. Anyway, and so there's a strong French connection in jazz because it came from New Orleans. So well, I think yeah.
0: with that, maybe I might take you to something a little brighter because I know you're in a beautiful place. I, I, From what you told me, you're in Arugambe. So yeah. we're going to move from this deep brooding intensity and Billie Holiday to yes. something a little different. So this time we're pairing this track we're not allowed to play the whole track because of, of copyright you know how that works but uh, we're pairing it with a beautiful english breakfast now here you have a bright it's bold woody a uh, little bit of cedar a, mm-hmm. a breakfast tea from the dimbula valley and i'm gonna ask yes. my colleagues to hit it we've got cantaloupe island which i know you love <laughs> You know with that bouncing along it's it's beautiful track isn't it it's 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 a uh, beautiful
1: track written by Herbie Hancock and uh, it. it goes well with the, with the English breakfast I'm that's sure it, it would go, go down like a hand in glove uh, a
0: little bit about Herbie Hancock uh,
1: Jerome Herbie Hancock started off with Miles Davis I think uh, in that in that electric uh, band that he started off with and he actually, as of this moment, he probably is one of the, the brightest and the best faces in jazz, Herbie Hancock, as a musical director. I mean I I saw the thing about three years ago at the Obama White House where they had the International Jazz Day uh, concert and uh, some fantastic artists Kurt Elling another beautiful uh, vocalist uh, that I love was was there and Herbie Hancock was the musical director of that whole event and so you know he's he's peerless in a way. So you mentioned
0: your favorite um, jazz musician yeah and I think that I'm going to leave the introduction of the next talk not the introduction but I'm going to Play the next track, and then I'm going to ask you to talk about it. But I'm going to introduce the tea first. So this Mm -hmm. next track, which I'm going to leave it to you to talk about, is paired with um, a tea from the Udapotsalava region. It's it's, it's bright, it's got medium intensity, and it's got a little bit of bitterness with Italian almond. And it's an incredibly fragrant tea. It's Mm. fabulous, and it perfectly suits your favorite musician. I'm going to ask my colleagues to play it now.
1: Stars shining bright above you. Night breezes seem to whisper, I love you. Birds singing in the sycamore tree. Dream a little dream of
0: me. Wasn't that
1: incredible? Tell us a little bit. Louis and Ella. It doesn't get better than that. Really, it does.
0: And the brightness, you know, that's a track that has incredible depth. And it, is, it yes. is so emotional, and we paired yeah. it with this tea because this tea has brightness, and you have the combination of Ella's incredible voice with uh, Louis's inimitable. Uh, now, he's Louis Armstrong. Is is some people say he was the the, the father or the grandfather of jazz? How, how how does that work with some of the names you mentioned at the beginning,
1: Jerome? Yeah, there's it. Uh, I mean. You know, Michael Ondaatje wrote this book uh, a long time ago, which is like one of the most definitive books on jazz, actually. It's, uh, it was called Coming Through Slaughter. And it's a story about a guy called Buddy Bolden, who was a coronet player, trumpeter in, in New Orleans. Uh, he's one of these guys who was never recorded. So then he used to play at funerals. You know, funerals in New Orleans were like a big event. And they said that you could hear him. It was so loud without any amplification. You could hear him like three or four, uh, four blocks down. So Louis Armstrong comes from that tradition. So, you know, like he, you know, when, when he blows that trumpet, he blows hard, you know, and you can see the, the, his, the expression on his face. And uh, I mean, he epitomizes uh, just about everything that is jazz, the the, the, the improvisation, uh, the tonality. I mean, I, I told you, Winter Marsalis just says there's only one word for jazz, and that is uh, jazz, and that is uh, Louis Armstrong.
0: Beautiful. Now, you've got a guitar around your... Mac,
1: I have carry. A, I play a guitar basically to accompany myself. Uh, I, I I just like singing all these songs. That, you know, they they're like the jazz standards. There's about four volumes of books written by all the great composers from Gershwin to Cole Porter to Irving Berlin. Uh, I mean, it comes from Tin Pan Alley. Uh, like most of these songs that that are performed come from some sort of musical. That uh, basically came out of New York City, uh, Broadway. Uh, so these 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 composers wrote these beautiful pieces of music, basically for Broadway stage uh, uh, plays, and uh, and that's that's basically what makes up the jazz songbook. And now it's expanded to yeah, more like obscure, out there kind of compositions. Yeah,
0: but jazz is so very different today, isn't it? What do you think about contemporary jazz?
1: Well, you know, uh, jazz is a it's a large umbrella. There's a lot of things that come under jazz. It's like when Stan Getz went to Brazil and then and, and, uh, did the Brazilian thing, you know, so there's a Brazilian connection. And then I think some of the greatest exponents of jazz and, and, and musical musicality are the Cubans. They, I mean, <laughs> there's something else, those guys. But uh, they, are, they also have a, a strong passion for jazz because they like the improvisational factor of it, you know, and uh, like Louis Armstrong or even Ella, Ella Fitzgerald in "Dream a Little Dream of Me," rather than sing, she just does a scat. You know, uh, it's it's freedom of expression. You know, poetic license, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so that's what jazz is—it's freedom.
0: What's your favorite riff?
1: My favorite riff, in, in says uh, my favorite riff is probably a rock riff. It's that "Smoke on the Water." Da 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 da. da. You know i got to tell you this story. Someone said to Richie Blackmore and he he said, you know, this jazz, jazz, ja, 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 is the most famous rock riff. And then uh, Richie Blackmore said to this guy, and what about classical music? Da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> Not on World Jazz Day, Jerome. <laughs> What's your okay. favorite jazz riff?
1: My favorite jazz riff is probably, again, Herbie Hancock's uh, Watermelon Man. Ah, ba, ba, really. ba, 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 ba. It's It's funky, you know. You
0: know, we're going to have to meet uh, when we can actually hear some of your music next time. Yeah. And that yeah, would be absolutely. awesome. That would be amazing. But now we have a question for the audience. Um, we, are, we are going out live on uh, Facebook plus on on Zoom. And so yeah. to our audience, we would ask you, what genre of music would you pair with your kappa? So we've got pop, jazz, classical, nothing, and anything. Tell us. Jazz. Okay, mostly jazz. Anything. That's good. Pop. Yeah. You've Brilliant. You know, for me, like with tea, you should never have a favorite tea. You should love all tea and appreciate each for its own characteristics, aroma, taste, texture. And I yeah. think the same of music. I love classical. I mean, Jerome, don't, do, do you agree you shouldn't have a favorite music?
1: No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be have any genre bias unless it offends you. Yeah. Well, some some do, but you know,
0: not on International Jazz Day. We got to talk about uh, all the good stuff today. So, so for me, there's a, there's a few <laughs> genres that that do offend, uh, particularly the stuff with the e on the uh, uh, on on. Uh, uh, iTunes and uh, Spotify yeah. and all this kind of stuff, the explicit stuff, you know, I don't see the sense in some of that, but that's personal.
1: I was going to say that uh, jazz, in that in that way, it doesn't discriminate uh, genre-wise. You know, it's it's just its own its own form of music, and uh, if something grates on you, you you just don't have to listen to it. That's all it is. You know, it's all what do you want to put in. Through? It's like you say, what do you want to put in through your mouth, as far as tea goes. What do you want to put in through your ears, as far as music goes. But also, you know, jazz to me is a lot like. Uh, rugby in sport it's,
0: uh, um, mm. it's it's intense it's sometimes quite aggressive but yet yeah. it's elegant and it's uh, beautiful
1: I love that Boston. about rugby too
0: okay so you know well the difference between rugby and football but for the football fans anyone who's listening nothing against anything like I said never have a favorite appreciate everything yeah. for what it offers the skill. so we're going to a completely different style Blueberry and Vanilla. Why? Because it's soft, yet it's, it's of course, it's autumn is beautiful and, and it's soft, yeah. it's gentle, it's, it's got incredible presence and that's what this tea has. Tell us a little bit about the track, Jerome.
1: It's one of the tracks that if you get into jazz, initially, it's one of the tracks that uh, people would suggest that you do. So I, I, to be honest, we have sung Autumn Leaves many times in different uh, grooves as such. As a chart, as a bossa, as a swing thing, as a ballad. Uh, there's a Chet Baker. Chet Baker is another guy who's just something else. And he, his, vocal, his vocal style is, is something that I really admire, Chet Baker. Because he's so true to the note. And Autumn Leaves is, a, that I think, is a French song as well. And uh, yeah, recently I heard Bob Dylan do Autumn Leaves. Wow. In, believe it or not, and he was a... Fantastic version of it, and he does a, uh, uh, an entire album of uh, American jazz standards. And uh, his version of Autumn Leaves is something else. And it yeah. kind of lingers, doesn't it? It's it's
0: a song that so can never offend. It haunts you. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Oh. So well, that was uh, that was that like one. And it, now he haunts you too. So. We we we're going to a completely different uh, continent and uh, we're going to listen to something uh, One, I I think I've heard you sing this I, I might be wrong but uh, the girl from Ipanema which is one of my
1: favorites yeah. <música> Num doce balanço Caminho do mar Moça do corpo Dourado do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado É mais que um poema É a coisa mais linda Que eu já vi passar Ah Por que estou tão sozinho Ah É tão Antonio Carlos Jobim was a struggling musician who went to Ipanema Beach, and uh, word has it that he saw this woman on the beach, and he started writing this this tune. And a few feet away from him was this other guy called Vincente Moraes who was a poet, and so Antonio Carlos Jobim. Uh, uh, Walked up to him and, and said, what are you doing? She said, I'm writing some poetry about that beautiful woman on the beach. And Jobim said, well, I am writing some music. And that's how this song came into being. And it's probably the most popular elevator song as well, as some people would say. But it's great. It's a, always a great piece of music. Well from the the, the choral movement in, in Jobim's songs or something else. And the sensuous uh, flavor and the, the lyric and the language, the Portuguese language is something else.
0: It's, it's one of those songs that you have to really listen to on good equipment to to capture the different layers the depth that it has and what we have done is we've paired it with something quite different because it is that lilting it's it's kind of dances along and we've yeah. paired it with our moroccan mint green tea which also dances along on the palate.
1: yeah
0: and now we come to the next which this is another classic. Um, I don't need to introduce this track, but all I need to tell you is that it's paired with this spectacular oolong. Unforgettable
1: That's what you are Unforgettable So near our Like a song of love That clings to me How the thought of you Does things to me Never
0: What a classic! Tell us a
1: little bit about uh, Nat King Cole, Jerome. Nat Cole was probably the most played artist uh, on radio, salon in the '60s, uh, and that song in particular, and things like Mona Lisa, which you know some people might might say, well, they're more popular songs rather than being jazz classics, because you know there are those purists who only think that bebop, for instance, is is, is what jazz is about, but you can't I mean Nat Cole was a fantastic piano player that what I mean with the stuff he did with the Nat Cole trio with Charlie Christian and get the bass player, but it was just a trio with a guitar and a bass uh Nat Cole trio, and he did things like he did for two that was a beautiful Nat King Cole song, and people like to listen to a definitive version of that song, it's Nat King Cole. Or the Nat Cole trio playing T for Two, fantastic and fantastic.
0: My favorite version of Unforgettable is when Natalie Cole sings along to, of course, done. uh, I I believe it was after Natalie Cole died. much much missed actually, Natalie Cole. Beautiful track. So that we've paired with this beautiful oolong. Now this is a springtime oolong because uh, and it's light. It's a contrast with the. Uh, lower pitch of that beautiful song yeah. so we have a poll do we have a poll no we don't have a we have a poll yes we have a poll have you listened to the only tea inspired radio station Guess T radio if you haven't you can tell us if you you've heard of T radio oh you have okay some have some haven't well check it out we'll put up a link in a little while and uh Thank you. And you can publish the poll, publish the poll. Thank you, share the results. Great, thank you. So many have heard, but you know, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to do a few pieces on jazz on, on T radio, but that's uh, coming up uh, later in the day and in a separate session. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, we're going to move to uh, uh, wrapping up. So let's uh, see the next slide. So, um, you know, what we've, uh, stay on please, Jerome. Uh, I, I yeah. still need you for a minute more if you don't yeah. mind. Um, so. You know why Duke Ellington? He wasn't in the original lineup, but yeah. we've got Duke Ellington because I learned from the US Embassy's Twitter post a little while ago that he, he had visited here. Sri Lanka in nineteen sixty three. I never realized that. Played at the Oval. At the at the Oval. At the Oval,
1: at the Pisara Oval. Fantastic I was I was I was not very uh, eligible as such to go to the concert, but I remember this this event, Duke Ellington coming.
0: I saw video of him, um, or rather pictures of him with some uh, uh, drummers, Sri Lankan drummers, and apparently they had a jam session. That must have been mind blowing.
1: Oh, I'm but sure. I'm sure. No recordings. He would, have, he would have really been into it because he was a, I mean, he, Duke Ellington was one of the most uh, unheralded composers, but then he had a he, had a, he had an accomplice with a guy called Billy Strayhorn, oh. uh, who uh, didn't want that much publicity because of his status and. Uh, and, and whatever uh, he, uh, yeah, Billy Strayhorn wrote a lot of stuff like Take the A-Train. He apparently wrote Take the A-Train while he was traveling on the A-Train to meet Duke Ellington in, in Harlem. And he handed him this piece of, piece of music. So uh, what you've got, uh, Take the A-Train, that is like synonymous with, with Duke Ellington. That's
0: going to and be our fan. extra. But uh, before we wrap up, what's coming up next? Um, well, next month, my father's 91st birthday. And uh, Jerome, we're going to have him on uh, social media. He's doing a social media takeover from tomorrow. And so he's having a virtual global tea party. You know, we, we've got to be yeah. careful. So uh, he's in isolation. Uh, so he's not not too happy. But still, we're using Zoom to connect him with yeah. the world to celebrate his birthday. And uh, he'll be on the next session. That's coming up on the 6th of May. That's his birthday. And on the 12th of May, celebrating a handcrafted journey. So before we move on, we have a poll. So I want to ask, how did the session go? Did you guys think that tea and music, is it a good idea? Maybe not. Maybe we try something else. Well, I know everyone loved Jerome, but um, the idea, okay. Mostly, yes. Well, 91% yes. So that's that's brilliant. Jerome, you have been an incredible guest. Thank, Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm Thank really you. honored that you joined. Congratulations and many happy returns to your dad. I'll pass it it's on. A wonderful men and, and your your comp- and the Dilma people have always been great sponsors and benefactors of the arts, and that's very much appreciated. I know. Thank
0: you, Jerome. And I look forward to seeing you in the flesh. Thank, Thank you, you for, for this you. session. And with that, we are going to conclude with Take the A-Train. Jerome, okay. stay safe. Have a brilliant weekend. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.